Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast, where we explore challenges organizations face on their Agile journey. How to become great Scrum Master, how to change your leadership style, or how to embrace agility at the organization level. I'm Suzy Shukova, Agile coach, certified Scrum trainer, and author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile leader book, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm passionate about business agility, organizational culture, and Agile leadership, and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast, to share with you my experiences and stories from my Agile journey. second series of this podcast focuses on business agility and it's sponsored by Emergence Journal. Welcome here, Elena Vasileva. She's my dear friend, Agile coach. We've been hanging around at many different places, conferences, events, co-training together. So I would say we know each other quite well. And she is always very inspirational. And today I want to talk about her experience with changing organizations, changing cultures, and inspiring people to embrace business agility. And I would like to start with um, some sort of a personal question. So what is the number one lesson you learn yourself about agility? Well, first and foremost, thank you, Zuzi, for inviting me. It was like, absolutely, as soon as I received a message, I said, oh, I am on. Whatever topic could be, I would like to talk about because all topics, what you're suggesting, it's always inspiring. And it inspires me because it's always inspires to talk to agilists. And people saying, what is it like agilist? What is agile about? This is connection to people. For me, agility, it's always like being connected to people who is actually interested in exploring. Exploring something new, exploring something exciting, exploring something challenging. Agility for me, it's exploration of something new. Um, and this is how I see it. Uh, and this is how actually what attracted me from my first experience with agility, which as with for majority of people comes from practicing certain um, agile framework and just learning about rules of um, practicing framework and somebody saying, oh, this is like new way of working because it's just new process. And when you start like looking into this tools and processes, you realize that it's not so much about tools and practices. It's all about people. For me, agility, it's being people centric and looking into the human part of everything within our organization within our ecosystem, society, uh, universe, family, friends, and just to put person first and everything else around the person. So what was the most difficult for you to embrace on that? And uh, can you share some stories, something from your life, like how you became that agile, how you came to that understanding? Well, it was painful because uh, when you put person in the center of the organization, then ecosystem of the organization immediately uh, react 
to the person because it doesn't play by the rules of organization. Organizations create to support processes and procedures and certain way of structured behavior. Uh, and person, as you look at the person as the individuals about many, with needs and motivation and goals, then it doesn't fit to the structured organization. What agility helps us to bring these people in the center and start working with ecosystem of organization, start changing environment around people and to create these environments, or I would say adapt these environments based on the people needs. And I would say it was very painful because you just need to say that it doesn't work. You need to have courage to say it doesn't work. You need to have courage to speak up about your value, your personal value. And it's not about fitting or not fitting into organizational culture. It's a creating organizational culture around people. And I think now it's getting better and better and better. I'm so optimistic about like the way how agile way of working or agile way of being developed itself for the last more than 15 years of me experiencing this. So when you work with teams and organizations, what do you see them struggling the most? Like, uh, and what is your advice to get out of that? The biggest struggle I see creating the team and to find the difference between working group and the teams. Moving from, this is my individual contribution. I'm here for myself to the concept. This is our collective contribution and we are all together in one boat. Uh, I see the struggle more and more moving from um, area of people who is actually doing work to the area of people who deciding on the strategy, on the direction where organization go on the, like, let's call them management level, mid management level, but they are still people. I mean, all these mid manager, managers, they people with their emotions, with their intent, they all want to do their best for organization. Uh, more and more I'm supporting these layers of organization, working with managers, mid-managers, engineering managers, and trying to help them to find the place uh, in agile or digital transformation. And I think when we step with compassion to their shoes, we could understand more about why things happen in one way or another. This is where I see challenges, but also opportunity for that child development. Why do you want to help those organizations to create this culture and sort of uh, understand all that? What are the skills you would need or what did you need to learn or where do you start? Well, the way how I learned from you, and this is actually what I'm pitching and preaching everywhere, First and foremost, you need to be active listener. And I remember exercise what we did in one of your class when we're listening to the noise outside. Uh, sitting in the classroom, you're listening noise of the street. You're listening not to what person telling you or you're, you're overseeing conversation, but you've been listening for the uh, sounds of the ecosystem. And this is how you develop this active, deep active listening skills. I would say just, listening skills it's not enough anymore it's deep listening 
listening for connection, listening for compassion, developing these deep listening skills. It doesn't matter who you are in your role or position. With these skills, you can create compassion. And through the compassion, you create sense of kindness. And when you're kind to yourself and to the people around you, you feel like it's changing. It's these little tiny habits, uh, like saying hello in cafeterias, uh, doing this emotional check-ins protocol, doing the virtual meetings, just saying, before we jump in into our status reports, let's just say hi to each other. Just say, how are you? What's happening with you in this um, very weird COVID virtual situation? And this is what matters at the end, when people develop this. And this is what I learned, that is more this kind of, let's call it soft skills in HR language. It's more of these soft skills we are developing. And in my workshops and my training for the teams, this is what I'm focusing on. Let's start creating trust, not by talking about this, but actually by doing this. Let's list these little tiny habits of kindness, compassion, uh, checking in on each other, supporting, providing supports, providing service to your team members, to your uh, person next to you, asking, do you want me to bring you coffee? What's the coffee? Virtual coffee. Let me help you to install this tool donut, which will check on you. And this is what actually counted in the long term. I always find difficult to build those relationships and this people connectedness in a virtual world, right? If you go together for lunch or a coffee or to pub, have a drink or just go running or any other hiking sport, whatever, right? It's much easier. You recognize each other, but seeing each other only on virtual doesn't have that depth. So do you have any tips like how to create that really belonging and connectiveness and good relationship, like deep relationship in virtual only mode? Well, I would think the lesson what I learned for all this virtual presence for last 18 months, being very, very persistent and proactive. Not Don't wait that somebody will invite you somewhere, but just reaching out to people twice more proactively than if I would do it in the real life. Uh, just checking out and saying, oh, can we meet tomorrow? No, I'm busy. Then when you're not busy, uh, they want to meet on Zoom. No, I don't have time to meet on Zoom. Can I call you on WhatsApp or uh, whatever tooling you're using? Just messaging people, just picking them and trying to find out the space which is, would be acceptable for them based on their sense of psychological safety or where they are. Um, and because we are in this virtual space, needs to be even more concerned about cultural aspects and surrounding. And let's say not everybody lives in the big houses with home office, but sometimes I, I was surprised to learn that people whom I would say are rich and prosper, they have their home offices in the storage room of their apartment or like uh, wardrobe room sometimes being like in the corner of the kitchen. And when you learn about this through the conversation, you help them to open up and sometimes they will remove virtual background and you can see like where they live and how they live. Uh, I'm doing a lot of meditation and um, this kind of briefing practices um, with Indian 
um, teams and with Indian instruction instructors. And sometimes you would have very nice virtual background, but sometimes they will open up and say, look, it doesn't matter. This is my family members, this, this is my kids. And I so appreciate it because it creates deeper connection when you feel safe to open up and remove your screen and just say, this is who I am. I would say it also requires a lot of makeup because what I realized <laughs> we need, and we would like to be more like professional and to look nicer. Uh, this is what I would say. Usually I don't wear a lot of makeup. And now for, when I'm doing virtual stuff, I'm saying, oh, probably I should put some kind of makeup on. That's right. I used to be doing that, like taking the earrings and everything. And now I'm just, you know, I don't even wear earrings anywhere anymore. And I'm one of the people who actually need to be redesigning their office in that storage room, right? So those type of things will happen, right? I never thought about making a, you know, office in my house, right? So that was like very different. So one thing, what I would say positive about this, that it's now easy to connect with people with whom otherwise you probably would need to travel to, to connect or get to the workshop or, um, classes with people whom it's so hard to like to get in touch with like with you for example <laughs> i wouldn't travel to prague from the us and um, now i had the opportunity over this virtual time frame to attend so many classes which i so enjoy and i would be not just so saying i recommend to anybody attend who is interested in learning about agile skill but it's must to attend to everyone who wants to say like where I am at the scale of my maturity. You know, some company and team, they're doing um, agile maturity assessment. I would say, instead of doing this, go to the Zuzi Sokova class. And then your level of maturity will be like indicator where you are right now. And believe me, even if you feel very highly about yourself, every time when I'm trying to get to the Zuzi class, I'm measuring this level of my personal maturity and say, oh, I'm just a beginner. I need to learn more. I need to do more. This we is... are all beginners, right? <laughs> we all need to learn more. It's never ending journey. Well, and it's evolving, which is it also is. good. Speaking of teams, I know that one of the most common questions I get is like, what's the difference between a team and a group of individuals? And what do you mean by forming a team in the first place at all? So can you share something around those lines? Well, it's quite interesting because this morning, early morning for me, uh, I was running a workshop about high-performing teams. And when I was putting together this, I thought, what should I start with? Just like it's high-performing team, high-performing teams. And I said, let's start with the basics. Let's ask people about the difference. What does it mean team? And what does it mean working group? And for the discussion with my audience, I realized that and it's question what now surprised me. And I wanted to ask you in one of your classes, which I'm planning to attend, uh, for the team and working group, is it such a borderline? Because some examples, what people telling, they had great examples working being in the working group and building the teams, building this sense of accountability for the common goal, being building trust, 
building the psychological safety, being this healthy, building healthy conflict. And they've been part of the teams, which is, I said, oh, everybody's saying this is a great team, but I don't feel that I belong to this team. I don't feel that I have connection with people on the team, which is like what label we are putting to this human medium, which we can either call working group or team. It all depends from the context. And one team might be a great team in one context, and then you put them in the different um, organizational ecosystem, and they will be immediately become a working group. Yes, but definitely trust and support and uh, healthy conflict. That's right. It reminded me about uh, my favorite book, uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team from Patrick Lencioni, with that pyramid which builds on top of trust, encouraging healthy conflicts, and eventually helping a team to come up with one goal together. And it's tough. And it depends a lot on the culture, a lot on the context, a lot on the society. Well, and it also, again, comes to the context because you don't have to trust person on your team explicitly. You don't have to trust your life or your finances. It's not what you need to entrust to this person. But it's like measuring the level of trust what team members collectively can establish and measure uh, and to check on this, going back to the working agreement, what is our trust indicator? Do we trust each other, being accountable for this particular goal, why we're here together? Or I actually had an example with my uh, story with one company I worked for, where a really good team of college buddies who follow each other from one assignment to another, They've been so scared to go for the conflict that at some point they became to stagnate in their team development because they call me up and they say, like, I, we cannot talk on this subject. We need coach to talk to us about this subject. And I say, how comes you're such a great team? No, no, no. We don't want to break our relationship. We don't want to ruin our nice, cushy environment of everybody's so good to each other we're such such great bodies this is not the team i was like <laughs> confronted them um, rigorously saying this is not what good team is doing wow this must be hard environment to work with i feel trusting each other supporting each other that's the key team needs to hold together when there is a crisis or a difficult time Time is going, so I have my last question, which is um, very open, very future thinking. So what is the future of Agile? Where do you see agility in like, I don't know, 20 years from now or something like that? Well, it's actually a really good question because I'm going to have my separate conversation with you, continues our exploration of all these videos and documentaries. I'm almost finished the script because a friend of mine, you know him, Zev, he said, we need to put together a story that agility does not belong to software or to organizations. Agility, it's something how we live. And he was saying about putting this um, uh, video to this South of Southwest Festival, 
where they uh, really like engaged with all this um, interesting subject. And it was really hard for me to actually script the story that agility, it's not organizational practice or process. Agility is the way how people build the team and get some results, either in restaurants or in museums or in the studios broadcasting, the, like production, in the movie production. This is example of the agile teams and uh, agile uh, way of achieving the certain goals. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I think this is the future. Uh, agility being just our natural way of dealing with constantly changing environment around us and constantly challenges what this whole life around us bring, brings. Wow, thank you very much. I would love to see that. I realize Agile is the way how I start living and how I changed those things. So it's definitely changing me, shaping me, shaping everything I do. And it's for the similar for the other people around me. So that's a good version. So thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Susie, for inviting me and looking forward to continue conversation. Thank you. In a summary, it's not so much about tools and practices. It's all about people. Organizations are often created around processes. They are structured. But you need to have a courage to say it doesn't work. It's not about fitting or not. It's about creating culture. Put person in the center. We need to develop deep listening skills, find ways how can we support each other, how can we create better connections together. And especially in a virtual world, we need to be more persistent and proactive and don't wait until somebody will invite us. Reaching out to people twice as much that you would usually do. We need to develop a way how to build trust, support and encourage the healthy conflict. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi Shekhova, author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website sochova.com S-O-C-H-O-V-A dot com Thank you for listening.